0: Blog Talk Radio They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Here we go on Friday, taking it
2: away. We are so away from all (laughs) fires and All the stuff, you know, I just, you know, all the mercury retrograde. Yeah, yeah, we're going to another land far, far away.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, my word. What a a week. What a, a, well, what a couple of weeks, but just right now, what a week. So, yeah. Yeah. Really
1: intense. Well, today is
2: is, you know, um, It's the Ask a Witch segment, which we've got lots of interesting questions, some of which we may not be able to get to uh, or we'll do a part two because we've got a lot, but I will let you take it away to describe your, well, I mean, it's actually been, what, two, almost three weeks? I give up. Um, Time is um, strange. So what's happened in this wonderful time between the last time we were on the radio live?
1: Yeah, so I moved houses, which is a big deal because we lived in our previous house for 15 years. And so it was, um, you know, an intense process of going through things. And, you know, at 15 years, you amass stuff. And I am definitely a a stuff amasser type person. So, um, you know, I spent weeks leading up to the move doing some paring down and clearing out. And I, you know, because of COVID I'd already kind of done that earlier this year. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but you know, moving isn't easy and uh, my partner's work has been really busy. So he's been less available. So when it came to like the, you know, moving the big things, he was totally um, on it, but a lot of the other stuff has been left to me. So because I was so focused on that, my other stuff got piled up. So I'm behind on readings. Uh, I make a bunch of products for Milk and Honey. We're out of stock on everything. I haven't made products in a, too long. Uh, Milk and Honey has a bunch of orders that are delayed and being shipped because it's it's all me. Um, so I'm also kind of looking at my life like, okay, this isn't sustainable. (laughs) Do I need an assistant? Do I, I, you know, I have employees that work in the shop. Do I need to maybe like rest control away from myself a little? Because that's the problem really is I'm controlling, Uh, you know, do I need to delegate some of these things? I don't know the answer. I just know that I'm overwhelmed and I have a Um, You know, I'm working on another book and my deadline is looming and I haven't accomplished near as much as I would have liked to by this point. And then my partner and I, Glian and I, have a book coming out in February and we just got the final edits that they need us to do. So it's like, fuck. Like, I just feel like there's just too much. There's not enough of me to go around. I'm a bit overwhelmed and overloaded. And like when, within all of that, it's all stuff that is, you know, I love making products for the shop. I love writing. Uh, you know, I love all the things I get to do, but right now it's too much love. (laughs) 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 And, and so I need to start like, look, I, I have to look at, like take a hard look at, at some of my choices and potentially do some things differently. I'm really not good at delegating. It's like a major weakness in, in my life. Uh, But like, like that just seems like the only thing I could possibly do. (laughs) There's there's no other, there's no other way to lighten the load besides giving some of the load to someone else to shoulder. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's been a lot of, of uh, the last few weeks, but I love our new house. It's, it's uh it's upgraded, right? Like the house we were in was literally falling apart and our landlord didn't seem to care. So now we're in a place that's been kept up. It's bigger. It's got, you know, fancy things like air conditioning, which I've never had in my life. And uh, we all fit in it and not, are on top of each other. So it's just, I feel so blessed to be in this place. And I haven't quite landed yet because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um. So you know, that's it. What about you? You've been you're up for in the process of upheaval too. How are you oh, yeah. doing?
2: How am I doing? Well, it was. I mean, the amusing part is, and you have to take all of this with that because, I mean, we were discussing our emotional states before the show, and and you know, for me, I first get angry. So I, I huff mm-hmm. and puff and scream and yell a little bit. And thank goodness, you know, at the moment, I just do it to the air. The dogs look at me and go, oh, she's at it again. And they go hang out somewhere else. Um, and then I cry, you know, because yeah. that's like I get the other, you know, because my sense of fight flight is I fight first. That's my energy. I've always been that way. But yeah. underneath it is this, you know, immensely emotional person which makes me good at doing as a as a reader and all these wonderful things, but it also has its downsides. So that's kind of my, it's been a roller coaster. So when my house went up for sale, um, it was, what, September 23rd, and that was a Wednesday. The sign went up on a Friday, and literally two days later, we were evacuated because of the black fire. <laughs> Yeah. And luckily, when you look at the number of days I was evacuated, which is all of, what, two and a half days, when it was two and a half days without power, which meant that right. all my food that I had bought on Thursday all kind of died, But yeah. um, which I, I'm finding more and more um, annoying and angering because, you know, I mean, great, but you can only do so much. Um, but that being said... You know, we got things fixed that we needed to get things fixed, you know, a little piddly stuff here and there, and that was nice. And a real estate person came in, and, of course, you know, I've pared down like you over the years since I moved into this place, which I find interesting. You had a 15-year cycle. Mm-hmm. My 15-year cycle of owning this place will be November 1st, which I find amusing because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and 15, of course, is the tower, which we've, in tarot cards that we were doing, we've kind of gone from yeah. the tower to the star, but, you know, the, the, the breaking apart, and that's what I have to do. They basically was the, the my my real estate person, you've got to take more stuff down and put it away, and I'm like, he said, put it in storage, and my one statement was, with what money, how, are, how am I going to finance that plus live here, I mean, that's yeah. a reality check, so... I had to sit with that, and I came up with an answer, which, fascinating enough, it is going to have one of my rooms. It's going to be my storage unit, and it will be floor-to-ceiling boxes. I don't give a shit. It's just that simple. (laughs) It's kind of like if I have – I mean, as long as they can see the size of the room, the windows that come in, and the side that has all of the um, built-in cabinets and drawers and everything, I don't care. It's like this is it. This is reality. I live here. And, you know, the other person that had talked to my real estate person said, well, you have to get the person to move out and just show it empty. And I'm going, okay, so I move out of my place, rent another place, pay from both places, whether I am at a storage unit or not. I said, there's, there's illogic in all of this, just
1: totally mm-hmm. illogic. Yeah. But
2: um, it did frustrate me. And so now I'm actually... I think I've made peace with it. Um, And it's funny because a long time ago I had a relationship and the person kind of had mentioned about my stuff. And he kind of said, you know, when you no longer have all of this, you know, when you don't feel you need to put it all out, do you know how powerful you'll be? I I always (laughs) thought he was. bullshitting me, you know, because he just didn't like my shit, you know, didn't like all of his stuff out. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of personal introspection in all of what's going on along with, you know, all the things that you have to do to that. But um, it is daunting because, you know, I am, you know, basically by myself. I don't have a significant Mm -hmm. other. I do have, you know, most of my friends, (laughs) sad but true, most of my friends, male or female, are older people, a lot of them have physical issues, so it's kind of like I looked at this and I went to my chiropractor who I've known for a long time, and he's very nice and, and sweet, and I looked at him and he said, well, have you, you know, what's going on, and I said this and this and this, and I said, by the way, I'm going to need to ask your help and some of your my able-bodied friends to help me with some stuff when it comes time to move things, and he looked at me and he says, no problem, and I'm like, wow, that was that was okay, <laughs> So, yeah, because you know, yes, I'll get a moving then, because I'm moving 2,500 miles away. So it's obviously that it's not like around the corner. Um, but there are things that will be needed. So it's um, it's been on my mind. Like you, it's upheaval. It's created a sense of you know uh, overwhelm. Then of course with the fact that you know even this morning. Um, I think there was a little bit of a flare-up in Melita up on Mount Hood near, you know, where the glass fire and all that shit is. And so yeah, everybody's texting and talking about it, and, and my brain is like, okay, everything's ready to go. I've got it by the door. I've got it by, you know, and unfortunately that's disruptive with whatever else you're trying to do, like, you know, you're making product or anything. Well, your, your disruption is taking apart a whole life that you had and and reformatting it. Mine is the same but not as immediate in that way but still uncertain. So
1: mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: The good news is is that um this weekend the uh virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival is taking place today, um, October sixteenth mm-hmm. and the seventeenth tomorrow Saturday and the eighteenth Sunday. And um there are a lot of you know great speakers and and things on that in, on the agenda, but I will be doing readings and so I have a certain block of time that I put on for today and for tomorrow, and Sunday I left it open, and I actually have been finding that it's getting filled, which is
1: surprising me in one sense. Um, so you heard it, folks. If you want a reading with Elvira, you can book that through the Hoodoo Heritage Festival.
2: Yep. I give us <laughs> 20 minute reading for
1: 40 bucks
2: 20 minutes for nice. 40 bucks yeah so nice. there's the plug and at this point you know i guess um we can turn it on to what we you know are planning on talking about today because yeah. we sort of put on pause our last few tarot cards of the major arcana that we have been doing because of different things that have come up in our lives, but also, um, and now with the uh, Ask a Witch segment right now, we've, we've kind of decided it's it's kind of a time to shift gears. So, you know, go yeah. for it, girlfriend. I'm going to let you
1: start, the, start it. I've been babbling long enough. <laughs> so it is our, today we're doing our ever popular Ask a Witch segment, which means we are responding and answering the questions that you have sent in to us. And we do this episode, uh, this segment, every couple of months, 8-ish, 10-ish, 12-ish weeks. So it's not consistent, but it's regular. And if you have a question that you'd like to have answered, you just go to our website, com, and there's a little uh, place where you can fill out a questionnaire box. All you need is the name and email and write out your question to us. Uh, We have a lot of questions today so if you don't hear your question answered don't be bummed out um we're going to do a second show i think right we decided that over yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll do a second go um not next week but probably the week after um and we'll get to some more of these questions now you also might not hear your question answered today and it might be because we got a couple of questions that were like the same question so we're answering one of them or we've combined them together uh you may also hear your question but go that's not what i wrote it's cuz i edited people i edited your questions some of them were very very long and we just can't read the entire history of your question on the air it's just you just got to know that so uh yeah there <laughs> there it is Uh, a lot there's a lot of editing that happened this time so don't be sad if you don't hear your full question Uh, but we will get to the essence of it yes yes so I don't remember where we wanted to start well I think we'll start with John
2: who's the very first one that we have on our list and he says hi how can I protect myself from spiritual attack and curses
1: I think that one's a,
2: a good one to start so
1: That's an excellent uh, question. Yes,
2: definitely. Um, other than the concept of barbed wire and high fences, um
1: <laughs> on either
2: a metaphorical level or a real level. Um, would you like to sort of make a, a stab
1: at it, no pun intended? Yeah, I mean the first thing I would offer is that we've done an entire episode on prediction magic. So I would encourage you to go through the archives of this show and find the protection magic episode, because we spend a whole hour talking about doing spellcraft to keep yourself safe. But, you know, the, the very basics of it is consistency. Um, You know, wearing an amulet, wearing a piece of jewelry, carrying a stone or a mojo bag, or uh, you know, saying a certain prayer or psalm or what have you on a regular interval, it is about regularity. It's almost like you build up a force field, a magical force field that keeps you from from spiritual attack and or curses. And occasionally something will still break through that force field, but it's going to have to work a lot harder if you are regularly doing protection work. So it becomes like a regular part of your day, just like taking a shower or brushing your teeth or whatever, is, is doing some simple protection work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Um, it's funny you were saying brush your teeth and wash yourself. And my brain was already saying that ahead of schedule, but um, I do see that, you know, cleansing... Definitely. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a regular, It you, you don't have to go, you know, you can do, I mean, a more traditional hyssop, kosher salt, vinegar, you know, cleansing bath done um, before dawn uh, and, you know, that kind of thing and, and follow. Once you've done that, you take a cup of the water, put it aside, you air dry, put clean clothes on and you go out to the East and pour that water on the ground. Now, Obviously, I tell my clients please be aware that it's got salt and vinegar in it. So if you're pouring it on plants, or you think you're going to, you'll kill it. Um, mm-hmm. So if it's weeds you want to go with, I suggest you utilize it for that. Or you find just a, a plot of dirt, but it has to yeah. be to the east, and you pour it down on the ground. Now that's very traditionally one of the more Hoodoo traditions. Obviously, you know taking. Um, incense and clearing your house out and doing a, a house cleaning because it's just like you vacuum your house, you mm-hmm. you know, dust, you clean things because you come in and you shed like dogs and cats shed fur, you shed energy. And so you have to go through and kind of do this cleaning and then you can continue your, your protection. It's a twofold process. It's actually more, but we break it to simpler points. And I think to remember Clean, then you know continue your protection, and Phoenix did point out you know uh, prayers, psalms, um, affirmations, uh, things that are you build up a force field along with whatever you carry wherever you go, you have this force field, and you're you keep clearing out the stuff, cleansing, and doing that. I think you're you will be safer and when the big any big thing hits you'll be very aware of it and can work with doing special um, spells to rid yourself of it you know the
1: yeah.
2: uncrossing candles cutting clear you know uh, fiery wall of protection or protection candles working you know with your deities or you know angelic beings uh, that are protection orientated um, always continue that so but as we said there's
1: Phoenix
2: said,
1: we did a whole show on this. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Wow.
2: yeah. So I think, unless you have anything to answer, it sounds like we did a really good recap.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably, good. Yeah. okay. So, so
2: we just get go to, go to the, the next, next
1: question. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the next one. The next one comes from Jen. And Jen's question is, uh, I need the ingredients to an appearance-changing potion. Please tell me all of the ingredients and the different types of appearance-changing potions. Also, clone potions. I will need all of the ingredients to clone potion rituals, too. You want to start? (laughs)
2: Oh, gosh, I love it. Um, Well, okay. Um, Potions to actually change one's appearance um and cloning I'm a little concerned that it may be more to do with uh, shows um I know that we can there's a glamour that we can present but it's it's a it's like what actors and actresses and people do is that they have a, they, they clear themselves. They put this energy around them. They dress a certain way. Um, I mean, outside of plastic surgery, um, obviously, you know, there's, you know, changing your hair color, things like that. These are physical things, but it is a, an energy that you, you project. And that I don't believe we can – I have in my repertoire potions or appearance-changing rituals for that. I mean, I think it's – you set an intent and you work on it, but you can't literally change your physical appearance
1: to the world. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of a lot of this idea of changing appearance or, or, or cloning someone else's appearance comes from fantasy, right? That's not um, that's not happening in in witchcraft, really. And you can slightly alter your appearance you can slightly change how you are seen but it's not an easy act of magic to do and there's not a potion for it you're not going to mix up some polyjuice potion and drink it and look like someone else It that's not how it works uh um, sadly right like sorry to be um bursting anyone's bubbles because that's, yeah that's just not how it works So, you know, you can look into glamour magic, look into glamoury, which is all about changing um, your appearance, but it's not like you're going to all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to do a spell and drink this potion and I'm going to look like Brad Pitt. That's not what's going to happen. You're going to be able to slightly adjust your image or how people see you. Uh, And that's mostly, you know, like, Like, the way that I use glamour magic is not glamorous at all, uh, because I am so introverted. uh, And there are times where I just don't want to interact with humans. And so I will, like, put on an invisibility cloak, basically. I'll do glamour magic so that I blend in, so that people don't talk to me. (laughs) That sounds so terrible. But, you know, like, or sometimes if you're at a big party and you just need a minute to yourself. I used to do this a lot at parties because I would get overwhelmed by a, a mass of people. So I would just find a more quiet place in the party and sit down and blend into the furniture uh, so I could have a moment to just breathe without feeling like I had to socialize and, and kind of regroup and re, reground myself.
2: And often,
1: like what people, what my friends would walk past me and not see me, occasionally someone would try to sit down and they'd sit on me because they didn't realize I was there. So there's definitely ways that you can put on a light glamour and adjust your appearance, but you're not going to be like, snap your fingers, drink a potion and look like Brad Pitt. Like, that's just not how it works. So we'll look into Glamoury um, and, and you'll find some of the some of the answers to your questions there. That's what I would say. Good luck. Definitely. And I'm yeah. sure that will,
2: you, know, you will you will find what you can within the realm of this physical world, not what is computer graphic. Um,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: I mean, I know we all do our avatars. Um, you know, we have avatars that we make. Both, now, of course, I played with it last night on, you know, my Facebook. I decided I was going to see what an avatar. Okay, or you get one more um, in games, in video games. You can create, but that's computer graphics and video games, creating that. In our world, uh, in, you know, I believe sincerely that we can do a lot of things, but that's one I tend to doubt highly there would be a real way to do it. And with potions or any of that.
1: So, yeah,
2: yeah. Here we are. So, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Now, I guess, I mean, we have, we have Steven and we have Alexis. I think we might want to put, those are two really long ones. Do you want to go with them or do you want to do that for our second show?
1: Yeah. Well, I think we talked about, um, saving those for the second show so sorry Stephen and Alexis if you hear this um, definitely tune in for our next episode where we will be uh, discussing what the two of you have written in
2: I think it would be fairer to them than you know, yeah. to throw in yeah. annotated versions so I think that's uh, one so okay so let's do Aaliyah yes <laughs> Um, Aaliyah says I'm a baby witch and I'm also writing a book about magic and want it to be as realistic to the witch wizard community as possible I'm having trouble coming up with the basic classes of witchcraft would it be like uh, school subjects or is there more to it I just want to know what you think would be taught at a school for baby witches and people who practice magic thank you Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm turning this one over to you, dear.
1: Yes. So, and I'm gonna just be, you know, y- y'all have been listening. You know that sometimes I can be blunt, and I don't, I don't intend to be blunt to be rude. Uh, I just say things how I feel them, and and I know that some sometimes I can come across as a little bit blunt. So I apologize in advance if this seems blunt. But I have, I have like, my hackles get raised by this question. It kind of makes me a little bit mad, and I'm going to explain why. Uh, There are people out there who have been practicing magic for decades and have written books about magic and teach classes about magic and witchcraft and paganism, and I'm going to be, you know, real frank here. No one, well, maybe a couple of people, but most of us are not making a lot of money doing this. This is not a... um, a profession where you get rich, right? And I know there are exceptions to that rule. There are definitely, you know, big name pagans who make a lot of money, but that's rare. That's rare. And most of us do what we do, teaching classes, offering tarot card readings, writing books. Like even I'm published through a major pagan publishing house, and I don't make very much money. Like an author makes about a dollar a book. That's not very much. Uh, My my classes are very affordable, and I always offer scholarship money. The classes that I teach, the readings that I do, they are not covering my bills. Like, I still have to work a regular, quote-unquote, job to cover my expenses. So, you know, I do it, obviously, to help earn income so I can support myself, but I also do it because I love this, and I love teaching, and I, you know, toot my horn for a second... I think I'm a pretty good teacher. So I, I like offering the classes that I offer and the books that I offer and the things that I offer. So when I see someone who's brand new, has, has no experience, and they want to create a book or a program or a, a teaching system on something that they don't know, I do get a little bit offended. Uh, if you you if you have experience share that experience if you have been through a training share your information but i don't think it's good when you don't have experience to try to write a textbook about something you don't fully understand and you know to be fair I'm 30 years in to my witchcraft experience, and I still don't fully understand it, right? But I've got 30 years of practice and failure and trying and working in covens and working with the public um, and being involved in different lineages and traditions. So I have a lot of of tricks up my sleeve that has taken me time to develop and learn, And, and I've had to work my skills like muscles to strengthen them. So I think if you're a baby witch and you want to write a book about magic um, and you don't even know how to format it, then maybe you shouldn't be writing that book, you know? Maybe you should find someone that's already written the book or that's already teaching the classes or that's already doing those things to help you develop your muscles first before you start repackaging something and putting it out there for others. Uh, You know, if you you decided you wanted to become a doctor – and you read a couple of medical journals and then you decided you were going to write your own medical journal, it wouldn't have really strong information in it. It would have a lot of watered-down information. So do yourself a favor and any potential readers or students of yours a favor and give yourself more time to develop your muscles. Does that make sense?
2: (laughs) Yes, it does. It does. And quite frankly, um, in terms of what is being asked is, you know, can you tell me how to write the book? Yeah. Bottom line, straight out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a Sag, I'm blunt. And it's kind of yeah. interesting to have two of us, you know, people working on doing this kind of a show where both of us, you know, say things and it's not, it's done because that's what our job is. Our job is to go to the heart of whatever is going on and just, bring it out and of course sometimes people are in distress so you're not going to be so blunt that they become a puddle on the floor but you know there is a certain amount of of um, honesty and integrity in that honesty that makes us good at who what we do and who we are and um, yeah. you know uh, school subject matters and and things definitely you go online You can find beginning magic classes. You can find the Mm -hmm. curriculum for beginning magic classes. You can decide, and as Phoenix says, taking them is really important because if you go ahead and, I mean, if I wrote a book on how to be a surgical doctor from whatever I read, I would be doing an incredible disservice to anybody out there that read it because of the circumstances that would be put in a place because I'm not a doctor. I haven't gone through school. I haven't done any practice. And so obviously I, you know, and of course the medical professions, AMA would come down on me and, you know, charge me with, you know, practicing medicine without a license, which they do with allopathic medicine people anyway. So, um, and that's an alternative to the medical surgical principles. So, I guess it's approach it in a more ethical way. You'll get more response in the sense of you'll get more information and you'll understand what it is you're doing. If you want to make um, a book like Harry Potter, you can't just sit down and write something. She did her research too.
1: You mm-hmm. may
2: disagree with J.K. Uh, yeah. Rowling and some of what she's you know done or not, um but she did research she looked she found things you don't just you know i mean it's a story anyway it's not something people take and work it as well they did this potion and then it makes this happen and they talk about you know something so i feel that it takes researching and practicing and being a part of it and yes if you're a baby witch like babies, you know, they learn to crawl, they learn to walk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're unsteady, and then they begin to, to grow in that way. And, you know, so that's what I suggest in terms of an yep. answer.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: Well, I exactly. think we might we should probably take our break. <laughs> yes, I think so. I was just about ready to say that. So let's take a break.
1: Okay. And we'll be back.
0: podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurer Ollie Sundays three to four thirty. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lafay, Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> well,
2: you know, we have a couple here. One of them I'm looking at is, um, well, okay. We should do one, I think, that's a little bit more in line here. Uh, Jennifer, so let, why don't you, you know, kind of tell us
1: what Jennifer has asked. Okay, let me find Jennifer. Jennifer, where are you? There we go. Okay, Jennifer. Can bad be done to me through pics? I found a girl's Instagram with my pic uploaded onto her page. I confronted a mutual friend of ours, and then it was immediately taken down. I was in a good place before all this happened, about to get married, and so on, and now I am going through hell. My fiancé has left me. I've got no job, and what should I do? This is a great question.
2: Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So... Would you like to start answering?
1: Sure. So, yes. Can bad magic be done through Instagram? Yep. Sorry about it. Um, if someone can get a hold of your likeness, they can do magic on you, for you, against you with that picture. Um, I don't see the correlation of someone having your picture on their page. I don't, that's not the way it would work. So if someone like stole your picture or was doing something shady with your picture and posted it on their own page for some reason, that is not in alignment with someone like cursing you or doing bad magic against you. In fact, personally, I feel like that's kind of the opposite. If someone was trying to do negative work against you, they don't typically you don't wear it out for the world to know that you've done negative work against someone, especially because it sounds like I'm assuming you don't know this person. So it's just kind of weird that someone you don't know would randomly choose to post your picture on their page and then cause, with the intent to cause harm to you, right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense, magically speaking. Is it possible? Yes right? It's totally possible. And it could also be that there was something else going on. And the weirdness of this situation was kind of like your ancestors or your allies way of showing you like something's off and you need to take care of this. It could be totally unrelated except as a sign. Um, So, you know, what I would do is cleanse, cleanse, cleanse and do protection, 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 which we've kind of already talked about today. But definitely do a spiritual cleanse for yourself, for your home, for your car, for you know, you say you don't have a job, but if if you end up working or uh, being in a workplace doing something about um you know, any workspace that you might be in and help clear that energy off. That's my short answer.
2: What about you? What do
1: you what would you say? Uh, well, um Definitely
2: do cleansings and do, you know, an uncrossing, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: purple candle. Um, and usually when we talk about colors, it's, you know, you can do short versions, tea candles, four-inch candles, um, votive candles. Uh, colors are one thing, but I also realize that in this present world that we're in, the, um, the circumstances that we come up with, are we can't find them so use a white candle but you
1: mm-hmm.
2: just like, carve on it uncrossing or if it's in glass you put it uh, a little piece of paper on the outside um, and you basically say you name it uncrossing so uh, i would do that um and then i would you know as well cut and clear all kind of crappy negative energy so it's kind of like you know sweep it away and do your cleansing and then protection work and again. We did talk about it with the first question, and we did a whole show on, you know, protection work and, and, you know, working with uh, things to help you stay safe, but also to get rid of whatever you're, you know, dealing with. Um, And I think Phoenix is right. This was sort of a a kind of a little bit of a push because it sounds like, you know, things started to roll downhill, and... Mm -hmm. um, It means that these energies ancestrally are, are, you know, like saying, hey, come on, we can see this is coming, come on. But I don't, very rarely do people cross people or hex them and spend time putting them, you know, on the Internet. I mean, I'll have to say, and I have to be transparent about this,
1: More than likely
2: there are maybe one or two people out there that could, you know, maybe throw something negative up there. But I don't feel from people I have worked with dealing with their issues of a similar nature is that Mm -hmm. it's usually done in secret because they don't want you to know. They just want you to have bad stuff happen. Um,
1: Yeah, because if you know where it's coming from, it's much easier to neutralize it, right? So if someone does mean you harm and is trying to do magic against you, by keeping it quiet and not knowing where it's coming from, it's a lot harder for you to clear it up. So if I put a billboard in my front yard that I'm hexing you, you're going to know it's coming from me. It's a lot easier to cut the cord between you and me than to cut the cord between you and a million other people that could be on the whole planet. So that's one of the reasons we keep these things a secret. Um, you know, our working is more effective the less people that know about it. Right. Right.
2: So, um, and obviously getting a reading and getting a root worker or spellcaster, someone to help is always a good thing because we will congest ourselves. Just like we've talked about when we talk about our doing tarot and reading our own tarot is probably the least productive thing you can do. Um, because you're putting, you already got a mindset, and so you will read what you see, you want. Um, yeah. So it's that's why you go to someone outside of yourself is is for that yeah. purpose. Even us as people who professionally do this. So um, that would be a suggestion. We, you know, you can go to the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers.org. dot org. I know that there are you know many people there that will do this kind of work and you, you know miss phoenix does uh work like this i do work uh and do readings uh you know and there's people we can always you know sometimes we can we associate ourselves with other practitioners of different lines that we can yep. uh, put you towards so yeah that being said i think that pretty well covers it i feel how do you yeah, feel
1: totally yeah 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 let's I'd love to do Jessica's question, if you feel okay with that. We'll see, okay. That oh, head. yes. Go for it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Jessica, I just lost it. Oh, there's two Jessicas. There's one about the Samhain. One? Samhain. The one Which about one Samhain is the-, is the, I want to do the Samhain one.
2: Okay. Well, then we'll do the Samhain one. Yay! Okay, I
1: just, this is such a great question, and clearly, Jessica, like, you're practicing, like, you're already doing stuff, so I'm just excited by this question. So Jessica says, I'm planning my first Samhain celebration, and I plan to include a dumb supper with a place for all the ancestors I'd like to invite, except I don't have very many close relatives that have passed. Can I set a place for ancestors I've not met but would like to from past generations? I love this question. Do you mind if I start yeah. answering it, or do it? Okay, go for it. No, no, I'm fine with that one. <laughs> so you know, I ancestors are my jam. I love talking about other realms and, and everything. And you know, I have a whole book, "What Is Remembered Lives," or we there's a whole section on working with ancestors. Absolutely, you can set a place for the ancestors you have not met. Absolutely, and when I do dumb suppers or have salad meals, which is something I do every year in different capacities. Um, You know, sometimes it's just me and my partner. Sometimes it's a huge party. Sometimes it's, you know, a very um, formal sit down with, with my coven. So there's lots of ways to have an ancestor dinner or a dumb supper. But I always, when I create my ancestor plate, I imagine that it's any of my ancestors that want to show up. And I make that pretty clear. Like the invitation is open to any of my ancestors that want to feast with me. Uh, And so that may mean a whole bunch show up. It may mean that no one shows up this year because they're busy doing other stuff. I don't know, but um, absolutely invite the lineage to come, you know, an ancestor plate is enough to feed all the spirits of your lineage, right? You don't have to have a plate for every single ancestor. So yeah. Yeah so fun i love it i love it i love it and i wanted to get to that question because it is the 16th of october so this dump supper could be happening any moment it could be you know any time in the next month so i wanted to make sure we answered that question so they had ample time to plan (laughs) what would you add anything
2: i missed um well you know here's the thing i think you got it i feel you know you you did what I would have said I just will kind of second the fact that if you without needing to know your own names of your ancestors dating back great grandmothers, grandmothers, you know, and great 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 grand and on fathers and mothers and sides and all um a plate for the ancestors, for my lineal ancestors, my lineage ancestors, but then there are the ancestors that we have, you know, from teachers and people that have made a difference in our present life or have made a difference in the lives of so many. So you have all of these energies that you um, can invite as ancestors into it, and I think that um, I like that. I like the idea mm-hmm. of that communal process because there are so many people that, you know, don't necessarily know You know, their lineage back more than maybe three generations is that. Yeah,
1: is that, yeah. You know, so. One one of the things that I think, you know, ancestors come up a lot at this time of the year because of Samhain and uh, the Mm -hmm. Day of the Dead and All Souls Day. Like, you know, there's a a wider cultural net around the dead at this time of the year and and Halloween, you know, all the spooky stuff around Halloween. But you don't have to wait for now to work with your ancestors. And in fact, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this before, but my, my daughter's father is Native American. And when we were in a relationship together um, for a time, I lived with him and my mother-in-law who is Native American. And we did not have a meal where there was not a spirit plate. And, you know, if we had a buffet-style dinner everyone would get their own food on their plate and everyone would put food onto the spirit plate every meal anything we ate or drank in that house food was given to the ancestors um ancestors slash spirits of the land cuz for for her that was kind of the same thing to the grandfathers the grandmothers and the spirits of the land so you know it comes up at this time of the year but you can do this work all year long mhm mhm yeah
2: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that one is, is one that always is like a feel-good one, you know. I mean, I love when you it. talk about yeah. this time of the year and, and it's really, I think, in general, I think it's important um, Yeah. for us to remember this time frame uh, as coming to this uh, for all of us who have experienced a lot of, the negativity, the, the, the harshness uh, that we have all been experiencing, whether it's fires or pandemic or economics or craziness of, you know, what's going on with the elections, whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's really important to, to reconnect with our ancestors and bring them in. And I think that's, this time, this time of year, the veil is thinnest, so it is
1: it's yeah. something
2: we can really get in and, and feel, and I think that's really important. Yeah. So, but um, so here is my dilemma: Do we want to yeah. do Jose, or do we want to do because um, we don't have a, a lot of time left? But we could do uh, something like. Alex, so it's up to you. Uh, if you I'll read whichever one you think is the one we should go with.
1: Let's do Alex, because I got so into this question last night. I actually reached out to one of my acquaintances who's an Irish folklorist. Um, mm-hmm. So let, I, I would love to do that one.
2: Okay. All right. So Alex says, I have been feeling a sense of deja vu whenever I encounter videos of animals calling, hey, like humans, to trick humans to come closer. My question is, what are the signs you accidentally made a pact of some kind with a nature spirit when you were younger without knowing what you were doing because you were young?
1: So, such a short version,
2: it is is definitely. I would probably say, in my short version, yes, you can. Yes, this is something that does and can happen. Um, I here's the thing I don't necessarily think well, I guess from my experience we'll put it that way from my experience the nature spirits and the animal spirits that I have connected with when I was little and involved I believe were, were guided to come to me without malice so mm-hmm. that would be my earliest remembrances of that um of course there are some that you kind of try to steer clear of because of the danger that they actually present in human you know in real life but um i'm going to turn this over to you because i don't feel i've got as much personal interaction in that way that would give this Mm. person the answer that i think they're looking to hopefully find
1: yeah. So I have to admit at first, this question really like tickled me. I just was like, I just keep imagining like video, someone like getting lost in YouTube videos of animals that are acting like humans and, you know, freaking themselves out or whatever. And I, and the use of the word deja vu is very interesting I just, I don't know. There's something about that. It just kind of tickled me. And, and, and at first I was like, okay, this is a bunch of like bullshit. Like this is just someone who's asking us, trying to like trip us up or ask a dumb question or whatever. And then the more I started to think about it, the more I was like, Oh fuck, that's actually some heavy shit. And I, I don't know of any stories of children being tricked, right? There are stories of children being stolen or eaten or other terrible things, but you don't usually hear of stories of children making pacts, right? And that's a very interesting choice of words too, making a pact with a nature spirit Um, when you're younger. Is it possible? Yes. So what I, is I reach out to Morgan Daimler, who is um, a fairy witch, I guess you might say, she's written Dozens of books, and and many of her books are about working with fairies and fairies. And she uh, studies very much from an Irish perspective. Um, but is very knowledgeable on a wider scale. So I would recommend reading some of Morgan Daimler's books about fairies, first of all, and uh, that's going to answer some of your questions. And I wasn't sure that she would even get back to me. We're not friends, but we're acquaintances, you know? So I was like, hey, I do this podcast. I got an interesting question. Um, I'm unfamiliar with stories of children making packs, um, I, you know, like I said, I know of children who have gone missing or had terrible things happen to them or have been stolen, but not made packs. And she said, actually, let me pull up her response to my message. Um, She sent me a very brief response, but she said, um, it's opening. Come on. She said, (laughs) I've mostly heard of this happening with adults, but I have heard of a few instances with kids. Mostly it's protective rather than manipulative. So basically what she's saying is, is it possible? Yes. But just like you said, Elvira, most of the time, this is a a pact or something that's done in a means of protection or guidance and not to be malicious or or harmful. So that is, it's an interesting thing to explore. I definitely feel like there's something to this. And if you're getting a feeling that you may have, made a deal when you were younger or done some sort of uh, made an arrangement with a a nature spirit, it it might be time for you to explore what that was so you can start honoring it. If it's coming up, if you always get this feeling when you see something like that, um, it's time to explore it. But I do think if, if harm was meant, you would have been eaten or kidnapped right? Because you're whole and alive and an adult, you probably, assuming all of this is is what happened, you probably made some sort of an arrangement around your life and what you would accomplish and potentially even your spiritual pursuits. So this is an, kind of an exciting thing to start exploring. I'm into and it. I, I want to know the, more.
2: <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I am going to add a couple of things that just you know, as, we were ta- as things were kind of coming, if the relationship, okay, if you were in a dangerous uh, relationship in family or in area yeah. might have gained that kind of accidental pact, quote, unquote, for protection mm-hmm. or a way to take care of what you felt helpless about. And it might yeah, be a absolutely. completely unconscious situation that just was needed at that at the time for what was going on. And now that you've become a little more aware of spirituality and magic and, you know, all these things, it's come back and, as Phoenix says, exploring it. I believe that, you know, yes, children, there are things that children experience that then, make them hard at a young age Mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't want to say evil, but um, damage children, that might be a potential for something on a darker side. But for the most part, I personally feel that we come into contact with these energies um, and they're for protection or to keep us safe or keep guidance, help us walk through someplace that's pretty, rugged and ugly and mm-hmm. um, as Phoenix said if it was of any danger you would have known a lot earlier by yeah. virtue of things that were happening to you um, and you know eaten you know doesn't just you know physically eaten emotionally eaten you know mentally right. eaten there's a lot of levels so yeah yeah. I'm glad we, we, we picked on this one to, to kind of do closure on because it is
1: a a very And, again, appropriate to the time of year we're in, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. super curious, too. So I'd love, you know, if you are listening and you have more to share or if you do start to um, explore this, I'd love to hear more about it. It's pretty interesting to me. Um And just the, you know, I can imagine myself, I I truly fancied myself as Anne of Green Gables as a kid. I, you know, loved being outdoors. I named every tree and bush and and pathway in my, around my area. And if I had seen, I had a very active imagination, if I had seen a little animal go, hey, kid, I would have been all over that shit. I would have been like Alice through the looking glass within seconds. (laughs) Hell yes. So, shit, I still would if I... If I went outside right I know you there, still a would, popped up in my backyard, I'd be like, "Let's go go for get me out of this place, so yeah, I'm <laughs> so intrigued by this. I would love to hear more, so please do feel free if you're up to it to write us um and share more about this this story and how you feel and if you're working on it. love it, yeah
2: definitely, definitely, yeah, uh, so, and just before we close, it's kind of funny talking about animals is that um, where I work at Lucky Bojo three days out of the week, they have a lot of squirrels, and you know they're very nature-based in that area. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm and I'm walking into the one of the areas that I normally go into an office, and there's this squirrel, and he's definitely coming down, and I'm looking at him, going, "Hey, what you doing?" Kind of. He looks at me, and then he comes down. I honestly wasn't sure. He, it was like he actually came down and was getting closer. He didn't come totally close, but it was just like the two of us were looking at each other and kind of go, wow, what is this, this being in front of me? Wow, that's really interesting. And then he kind of jumped up and went off and climbed one of the railings and, and went away. But um, it just made me think of our interaction with the creatures that are out there, other than ourselves, whatever they are—insects, mm-hmm. insects to you know, mammals to you know, whatever—to um, just point us in the direction that we are all connected. Now,
1: I yeah, think
2: we need to remember that. But I think our time has come, which is
1: yes, that up. brings us to the end. Definitely. So if I think what we—question though—we're going to do it again, not next week, but the following week, right? Right. Well,
2: I think what will yes, definitely the following week and next week. I think we'll put up the Samhain, um yeah, re, uh, our Salen show because it'll be close enough. And since we're doing the second Ask a Witch closer to Samhain and that way, I yeah, think it will, yeah. So for people, perfect. I think it works beautifully. But we will be back live on the air in two weeks with another part two of Ask a Witch, yeah. and from there. Um, Stay safe, and Mm -hmm. we will see you on the radio in two weeks.
1: Sounds good. Bye.
2: Good. Bye.